Welcome, I am Ed Bejarana, and you've arrived at the Business Buffet Podcast, where you get a taste of business from entrepreneurs who've had both good and bad moments in business. You'll learn from business chefs of all type those things they would have done different and figure out how those ingredients might help your personal recipe for success. Grab a plate and take a seat. It is time to eat hearty in business. Well, welcome to Business Buffet. We're going to talk to, well, actually, you know, I've met a lot of realtors in my life, and the realtor that we're going to talk to today is probably one of the finest that I've ever worked with. Uh, besides being a dear friend of mine from the networking group that I was a member of while in Portland, he also helped sell our home. Now, that's not the first home that I sold, but my goodness, it was one of the most effective sales experiences that I had ever had when selling a home. So with me on the phone today from Portland, Oregon, we have Steve Gray. Steve, thanks so much for joining me. Glad to be here. So let's talk just a little bit about who you are. Let's leave off the business stuff just for a second so listeners can kind of get an idea of who Steve Gray is. Sure. Glad to, glad to um, introduce myself again. My name is Steve Gray. I'm married with three grown daughters and seven grandchildren, ages three to 27. Uh, and I live in Portland, Oregon, as uh, Ed mentioned. I've resided here for the last 47 years. Uh, my wife and I love to travel. We like to hike and we like to bike. And uh, together we have traveled to over 35 countries. Now, why Portland? Why, why did you guys settle in Portland? Well, Port- Portland was a place I, I, um, I was born in Philadelphia, moved to Arizona, then Southern California. And then um, by the time I was nine years old, I was in Eugene, Oregon. And so here we were just 120 miles south of Portland. And after graduating from college, I had a job in Portland all lined up. And then uh, I was also going to go to grad school at the same time. And so moved to Portland and went to grad school at um, Portland State University. And how has the town changed since the 47 years that you've been there? Oh, my goodness. Well, not only the town, but the state has changed. Uh, we, the, the state and also the town affected by the state as a whole used to be a timber-based uh, primarily um, timber-based and agriculture economy. Now, don't think those aren't still big parts of our economy. They are. But then we went uh, over to the Far East and started getting travel, um, our trade partners over there. And uh, that has become a big business. We're a big exporter. And in addition to that, primarily on the west side of Portland or out by, in the east side by the airport, We've become a high-tech magnet with uh, companies like Intel, who who have uh, approximately twenty-two thousand uh, people. Nike has fourteen thousand people, so we've got some big jobs, uh, and they they're paying better. Interestingly enough, Portland and Seattle are the two areas that have the most master's degrees per capita of any uh, cities in the United States. Well, I didn't know that. Well-educated. Wow. Yep. Wow. So tell uh, tell the listeners just, a, I've, I've already mentioned you're a realtor, but tell the listeners about your career briefly. What is it you do? Perfect. Glad to. 
Well, I started my real estate business 27 years ago. Prior to that, um, I had a 20-year career in finance and public accounting, uh, which really helped in this business. Uh, currently, I'm affiliated with John L. Scott Real Estate, as I have been for the entire 27 years, which is a, a regional real estate company with over 4,500 realtors in four states, uh, all in the northwest part of the United States. My real estate business is exclusively residential, and most of that is residential resale. Well, I'm selling a house that's already existence in existence, not a brand new construction house, although I represent people who buy uh, new construction houses. Also, I've tailored my business purposely away from the negative parts of this business, and there are some negative parts. For example, and this was more um, prevalent during the uh, meltdown, short sales and foreclosures and things that tended to be really, really negative. Unfortunately, people were not um, not having much success in life. But interestingly enough, um, a part of the business that's not a negative, although it may sound like to some people, is I do sell a great deal of homes for estates and trusts. So when someone has passed on, and I'm really um, candidly very good at that. Uh, I can easily talk to people who have had a, a loved one pass away and uh, work with them. And then, I, of course, I have the whole, not only skill set, but the tools to go along with that. And generally, about 20% of my business uh, falls into the um, area of estates and trusts. Now, realtors, uh, are you all independents, or is there a situation where somebody who's listening to you today who's thinking they might want to become a realtor, do, do they automatically become kind of a business owner, sole proprietor, or do some real estate firms work at such that you're really just an employee under the firm? Uh, good question. Um, <clears throat> realtors typically are in their own business and they affiliate with another company. That's what I do. So I'm a business owner. I affiliate with John L. Scott Real Estate. I pay them for services that they provide. And then uh, also, oftentimes, and I do, have an employee who is not licensed. Some are licensed. And if you're licensed, you can be an employee of that particular realtor. So you can have a license and do that. And that's what some people do. And that's really a job, not a business. And so that's, uh, that's what happens most of the time that um, you're independent, an independent contractor. At the end of the year, I get a 1099, uh, gives me a list or a total of all my uh, gross commissions. And then I file uh, my income tax on a Schedule C as an independent contractor. Now, having worked in the private sector, doing the financing side, and now working self-employed as, as the realtor, what, what are the pros and cons over one versus the other? What, what would you say to the listener who's thinking, yeah, I just don't want to be self-employed? Okay, good question. Um, being, being self-employed says you're responsible for everything. There isn't anybody else that the, the buck doesn't stop anywhere else. <laughs> it's you. You get to make your business. You could break your business. You can do anything with it as opposed to being an employee where if you make a mistake, you didn't eat it. You make a mistake that costs the company money, the company ate it, not you. You make a mistake here, and we all make them. Um, it's out of your pocket. Uh, also, if you fail, 
It's on you. It's not on, it's not on the company. And so there's, there's a large difference. Now, I can also tell you that there's also the potential to earn more income in a business than just working for someone. And if you're good at what you do, but you better be good at what you do. Let me give you an example. Um, the average real, real estate broker in the United States makes approximately $70,000 in gross commission income. Sounds like a lot of money. And they spend about $25,000 a year on expenses. That means they're making about $45,000 a year. If you divide $45,000 a year by 2,000 hours, approximate number of hours you work in a year, that means you're making $22.50 an hour if you're the average realtor. Well, I have I set my expectations that I always wanted to be in the 20% of realtors that make 80% of the money. And so I had to set up my entire system and my entire business with that as the revenue generation portion of the business. I also had another reason I got into the business, which I'll tell you when you ask one of the next questions. <laughs> so, uh, so if you had to do it all over again, what is the one thing about your business that you would change and why? Well, it's interesting because you would expect that I'd give you some big great pearl of wisdom, like I would, you know, not jump off a bridge or whatever. <laughs> but really what it is, is, it comes down to the most value I got in my business during the time I've been in my business that I would have loved to have had that information right up front relates to three books that have influenced me tremendously. And I was almost 10 years before I re- in the business before I read those. Now, I was already successful, but, then, but I didn't know why I was successful. Those three books... I suggest everybody who's thinking about um, going into any business themselves to read these books. The first one is called The Go-Giver. The second one is called The Go-Giver Sells More. And the third one is called The Speed of Trust. Now, I'm a lifelong learner, but these books I needed earlier in my business life. I mean, literally, if I had, if I had, um, uh, had these books when I first started in real estate, I might have taken a different trajectory and owned my own company with a couple hundred realtors. But actually, I'm not so sure I really wanted to do that because then I would have had people to manage and I just assume not manage people. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting, folks. You can tune back in the Business Buffet uh, episodes and you can hear the interview that I did with Bob Berg talking about the go-giver because Steve, I agree with you. Those books are fantastic. I've read all three. And The Go-Giver is a book that's in my library that I read every year. It is one of those books that I just think it's so important that I just got to keep reading it over and over and over again. Those are, those are, those are excellent examples. It just keeps giving back to you. I've, I've read The Go-Giver at least three times. I've, given, I've read all three of them at least three times. And there's just more insights all the time. So from your standpoint, what kind of makes you stand out as a realtor? You said that you wanted to be that top 20% that's making 80% of the money. What, what is it in your business that you do you think that sets you aside, sets you apart from everybody else? I absolutely do everything for my clients. And when I say everything, 
that's almost everything, but it's so much more than other people do. You know, my, my philosophy has always been that it's the, what I call the 27.2 rule. And we know that there's 26.2 miles in a marathon. And my 27.2 says I put one more mile on there or I'm going the extra mile for my clients. But let's go back for just a second to how I got into the business um, and not, not why, but how I got into the business. What did I do when I first got there? And so due to a lot of experience that I'd had on a volunteer uh, board for a financial institution, which ended up being a total of 27 years, we did a lot of planning. And uh, we wrote mission statements and strategies and all sorts of things, which were really good. Well, I started with a mission statement. And my mission statement is very simple. It's two words, and that is helping people. I decided that my goal was to help people. And notice that it didn't say that I'm going to help people through effective real estate sales or anything like that. I'm just going to help people. So whatever they need, I should be able to take care of. And so there's all sorts of um, situations that I can tell you about. For example, a client who um, was a buyer and their lender was in Seattle. And that particular lender called me uh, a couple of days before closing and said, well, we've gotten held up on this loan and we're going to need a couple more days. And I called the, uh, called the other broker and the other broker called the seller and he says, no way, we're not going to extend. But he'll just terminate and find another buyer. It's like, whoa, because most, most will have a little flexibility in life, but not, not this gentleman. And so I called up the lender and I said, okay, so what are our options here? And they said, well, we're going to have the loan documents out um, the, at about, about one o'clock on the day before our scheduled closing date. And I said, okay, and you're in Seattle and our escrow officer's office is down here and we can't just drive up and sign out of state. So that's not an option. And so it sort of came down to, well, those documents have to get from Seattle down to here and back to Seattle. And I called my wife and said, I'm headed to Seattle. I drove to Seattle, picked up those documents, drove back down, had my client meet me at the title company. We got them signed. I took the package. It was all sealed and took off at five o'clock in the morning the next morning, drove them to Seattle, dropped them off at the bank at nine o'clock in the morning. And we closed that day. Wow. So, so what is it that you do or won't do in your business? When my client, I mean, if it's not legal, moral, or ethical, this is a problem, or I should say as long as it is, I can usually do it. That's helping people with repairs. I'm even financing repairs for people. I pay for them and collect the money at the end because a lot of people don't have any cash. You know, they're just, they're all their equities in their house. And that shouldn't be a reason why they can't do something because I can help them out. Do I charge them interest? Of course not. Um, do I get paid back? Yes. How long, how much have I gotten paid back? 100%. So basically I'm just out of cash for a few days, but lots of examples as to the fact that you need to, when you're in business, you have to be able to have a palette that includes every color spectrum. You've got to be able to do literally everything for people. And, um, no matter what it is, I have a blind client who just closed on a condo a few uh, weeks ago. 
And while she has a really nice system that will read the contract to her, um, that doesn't help her when it comes to signing something because she's blind. She can't see. So she's got a little template and, and I, I drive over to her, to her house as opposed to her having to get to escrow. She can't get to escrow. And uh, we had escrow come to, come to the house. Um, that's one of those situations. I say when a client, a client who can't get to escrow and it's not really her fault, but there's $150 charge for a uh, courtesy signer, I always pay for it. Just makes sense to do that, not, not to penalize the client. And basically, she was selling her condo. She paid me. I just made a little bit less. So what? But do everything you possibly can. Um, no is not a word that I really understand. So for the person who's, for the person who's sitting there thinking to themselves, you know, I've, I've always thought about quitting my current job and becoming a realtor. W- what advice would you give to that individual? The first, the first thing I would give them as, as far as advice is, I would ask if they're married or planning on getting married, I'd ask them, uh, how well do you think that your partner is going to do when at eight o'clock at night you have to run over to somebody's house? And maybe you had to cancel a plan with some friends at the last minute because that kind of stuff does happen. Not every day, but it does happen. And if it's going to, if it's going to tarnish your relationship, you might not want to be in this business. Um, you're better be prepared for long hours. Um, yes, I've been successful, but I work more hours than other people do. I'm up at five o'clock in the morning. I'm in the office at six o'clock and phone rings at nine o'clock at night. I'm answering the phone. So that's, those are some things you have to be prepared for first. The other thing is it costs a lot of money to get in this business. And if you don't have, probably twenty five to fifty thousand dollars to start out in this so you can support yourself or have a spouse or a partner that can support you during the interim, you probably shouldn't be in the business because this is not a business that builds fast, but it can if you're really, really good. I mean okay, in my first year in real estate, I sold thirty two homes. That's pretty unusual. In the second year I sold sixty seven homes. And then the third year, I sold 90 homes. Now, what does the average realtor, how many homes a year do, does the average realtor sell? The average realtor sells eight homes a year. And remember the 70000 I mentioned before, $70,000 worth of sales commissions? Right. That's generated from about eight sales. And that's, that's U.S.-wide. So <clears throat> you, you can do very, very well in this business. You have to be completely committed to it. And you have to want to work really, really hard. And there's a certain amount of you got to be pretty good. Um, I, I've seen, well, actually, I see it even in my own office. We have 65 realtors in our office. And I look at a number of them. I look at the way they dress. I look at the way they talk. Uh, and um, I learned through um, uh, speech coaching years ago about something that's called the mirror effect. So when you're standing up in front of a crowd and delivering a speech, if you portray that you're nervous, the audience will be nervous. I see that with a lot of people. And if you're one of those people that can't think on your feet and be able to understand the 
uh, types of answers that people are looking for so that you can absolutely answer any question that's asked or find out very quickly, but you should know the answer is 95% of them. You're basically um, not really very good for either the business or for your client. You have to be, you have to be better than that. I, and I clearly know that having 20 years in finance before I ever got into real estate was a huge help. Oh, I bet. But yeah. You, you really, you really do need uh, to evaluate that. I, interestingly enough, I help between five and 10 people a year uh, decide whether or not this is the right business for them. And I will tell you that one out of 10 will make it and only two will try it when they get done talking to me because I'm not going to lie to them. I can usually tell in the first five minutes of the conversation that they're not going to make it. So if you were not doing real estate, what would you be doing and why? You know, believe me, that's, that's a, a chapter of my life that I haven't um, explored much. But I will tell you that I can tell you the area it's going to be in. It's going to be in the area of helping people because that's so rich for me as far as life. That's why I love my clients. That's why my clients love me because I'm helping them out all the time. And you probably have heard many, many times, if you take care of your clients, your clients will take care of you. And that's why 85% of my business comes from repeat and referral business. This year for the first time, I have two third generation families that I'm representing. So I'm representing the grand, the grandkids. Wow. You don't, you don't get that by doing bad work. Well, and I can attest, I still receive uh, emails and letters from Steve and it's been five years since he last sold our home. So you, you do, you, you develop that client pool and they're friends. Why wouldn't you want to talk to them? Why wouldn't you want to communicate with them? Oh, exactly. Exactly. And then I can tell you exactly how many are on my client list. I'm talking good clients. I'm not talking about just email addresses and that's 475. Wow. How do people learn more about you and your business? This is going to be easy if you pull out your pen. If you're interested in this business, I will be more than happy to talk to you and help you determine if this is the right business for you. You just have to write down my phone number, which I'm going to give you in a second. So you got your pen. It's area code 503-320-4311. I'd be more than happy to talk to you. Normally, we spend about a half an hour on the phone. and I'm very candid to point out some things when I ask a series of questions as to whether or not you would be a good fit for this business. And that doesn't mean that you wouldn't try it. That just means that maybe you'd see a couple of um, bumps in the road that you might have based on various things. But in this business, you have to be all in. You can't just kind of dip your toe in the water. That's not, that's not the kind of business it is. Now, in the real estate business, is it possible to kind of job shadow somebody or, you know, kind of like uh, develop from an apprenticeship level like they do in construction? Yes. And there are two ways to do that. Uh, one is that this is more limited as far as the amount of time that you would get. And that is to shadow a person, go into sales meetings and see what they're like, follow, uh, follow a realtor around to appointments. I've had a couple of realtors who have done that. That's one way. The other way is to become an assistant first and get to learn the business and, and watch 
your boss do the business. And then determine one, whether you want to do that. And of course you'd get paid as an employee uh, hourly. And then most likely uh, if you told them, Hey, I'm probably going to want to be in my own business. They'll help you as well. Get to that, get to that level. So do you have any final thoughts for the listeners? Yes. When we talk about helping people, you might be asking the question, how broad does helping people go? I mentioned the 27.2 rule or going the extra mile. But when you're, when, you're, um, when you're setting your business up and deciding, okay, where are my boundaries, if you, if you will, um, you basically have to say, there aren't any. There aren't any boundaries. I've got a client right now that um, she purchased a house two months ago, almost two months ago, and she's moving here. The people who sold it have been living in it now for the last two months after closing. And she's going to be um, uh, coming here. And she asked me, she said, could you, could you get me a gutter bid? Because the house needs new gutters. Sure. Well, that doesn't have anything to do with that sale process, but it does have a lot to do with the service process. And so I've got a gutter company coming in the day before uh, she gets possession and we'll have a bid. They promised to have a bid that day. Uh, further than that, she's, um, she's driving in from California. I don't know what time she's going to be here, but sometime in the late afternoon or evening. And she's probably going to be tired. And she has a sister that's up here. And so I'm meeting the sister at the house the day before. So her sister can move a chair, a table, and a blow-up mattress into the house and throw a little food in the fridge for her. And um, then that way, um, that way she can have a more comfortable first 24 hours in her new house. Uh, and it'll be in the, the truck with her possessions coming the next day. So it's a matter of just um, being as absolutely broad as you can to provide service because providing service is helping people. That's, that's what it's all about. Helping people is my mission. And I kind of take it to be, it's really helping people on steroids. As long as I set myself up for that, when a question comes along and says, will you do this or would you be able to do this or can you provide this for me? The answer is always yes. Wonderful. Well, Steve, I really appreciate the time. Kay and I loved the, the process. Uh, we love our home here in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho now. Uh, we miss you guys back there in Oregon, all of our friends. Um, but thank you so much for taking time to share your thoughts and experience with the listeners. You're welcome, Ed. Th thank you. And don't forget, if you want to talk about real estate with me, that number again is 503-320-4311. Thanks, and Ed. And I'll include that information in the show notes. Thank you. Perfect. Okay. It is that dreaded time when we must push away from the table and digest what we've taken in. The ingredients you've learned today can and should be used in your own business recipe and shared with the world. Like this program on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you consume your podcast material and drop in again next week to enjoy another hearty dish of the Business Buffet Podcast.